Kelly Anakin. I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Wee. Birth control is not yet a collector's item. <laughs> Just FYI. Oh, boy. Thank goodness. So, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to talk about this episode. Season three, episode 11, Liars. Liars. Liars, uh, no pants on fire yet. Yet. I, in a nutshell, my reaction to this episode was gun. Boring, 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 boring. <laughs> that was me. I know. Honestly, I like it when the handmaid's tale is stressful. And this episode was the first time in a while that I was like, oh no. I was very, I was very stressed. I, yeah, I watched it several days after you. And I was watching it very late at night. I like just started texting you at like 1145 in all caps with no context. This is last night. <laughs> I'm saying I watched it several oh, days I after see, you I see, did. I see, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah. Wait, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, it's March. We have to go back <laughs> to the future. I watched this. I am so dedicated to y'all. I watched this in first thing in the morning on my birthday. Uh, so I thought that was your gift to you. I guess it was. It was my gift to me you to not have so to wake up this morning. You were so excited about this next batch of episodes. That's true. I'm truly champing at the bit. Like, I I would watch the next one right now, but we won't. Because we have to record this podcast true. right now. So uh, this is for Venmo shoutouts. You can support us at Venmo.com slash Red All Over. And if you send us some bones there, we'll give you a silly little shoutout. Shoutouts such as these. Thank you for donating. Matthew Sullivan. Matthew. Ugh. One of my favorite names for one of my favorite people. Aisha Dastor. Oh, man. Aisha, you were just the coolest person. Nalani Jolly Hill. That just name makes me so happy. And I think you have the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. Yay. Taylor Jacoby. Oh, Taylor. Look at that. You look so nice today, Taylor. Aaron Hava Lesson. Hava, Hava Lesson. Aaron's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mary Galvan, I believe one of our top Facebook fans. Oh, Mary. Can I call you Mary? Can I call you Mary Galvan? I think you're awesome. Rachel Johnson. Oh, such a delight. Such a treat. Such a dream. Kristen Messacap. Kristen, you are a jar of sweet pickles and I adore you. Lauren Guzik Khan. Oh, that hyphen makes all the difference, Laura. I think you are just the best hyphen, the greatest hyphen, the love of my life. Not exaggerating one bit. Jim Egan, longtime Facebook fan. Uh, Jim also uh, would like to pledge your troth. Uh, Kelly. I know. I heard he was a uh, single dad. So. Yeah, he was really shooting his shot. You know, to me for you on Facebook Messenger. So I look love him this. Up. It's very like much ado about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she, she's still single, Jim Egan. Uh, for now. <laughs> Shane, her. Oh, Shane, what a fantastic person you are. I don't tell you enough. And Catherine Crumb. I hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday, Catherine. Hey, treat yourself today. You deserve it. Those are all of our shout outs. And double extra thanks to several people who have donated multiple times. Oh, yeah. This like honestly, y'all are taking such good care of us. Oh, um, really we nice. don't in fact actually have a partnership with Big Latuda. So 
Jeez Louise. Just in case. It, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to lie to you, Molly, about <laughs> Big Latuda. But it's really sweet of you. And you, you all are so nice on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash red all over. Uh, yeah, we have a really great time with you as a community. And I appreciate your support. I also do. So we get into Handmaid's Tale Season 3, Episode 11, Liars. Let us do so. Now, I was excited from the jump because SJ is in the thumbnail. Yes. Oof. And I thought of you as I pressed play mm-hmm. because I said, hmm, Molly's going to be really stoked because SJ is in the thumbnail. And then everything happened. And I completely <laughs> forgot this thought. Me too. Because we opened strong. We and opened I strong. Felt like, did you feel like the previously on was longer than normal? It did kind of it feel felt, like I that. Mean, and not in a bad way. It was just like we are at this point, you know, we're barreling down. Yeah. The runway Yikes. Uh, for whatever is going to happen uh, in the finale of this season. And it's like all of these different threads are coming Yikes. home to roost. Two more episodes. In some sort this. of embroidery booklet. <laughs> yes, a sampler, if you will. <laughs> so my first note is we open on muffins or chihuahua faces. <laughs> I was like, are these supposed to be moldy? I and I was like, isn't there food scarcity? Don't waste these muffins. I got hella muffins. Hella like, blueberries. What happens to the... Like, <laughs> I just want to know. It's like when, you know, Millhouse gets to go with his dad to the cracker factory. I'm like, what happens to the muffins when you're done learning what the muffins have to say <laughs> oh, to you? No. So they're talking about, uh-oh, all of these Marthas. I believe it's like there's 52 children. There's 52 children, an indeterminate number of Marthas. She may say it. Now, she does also say the most relatable thing that she's ever said. Uh, uh, and she's just like, I don't know how math works. And I was like, we just said that last episode. We did. Oh, my God. Handmaids. They're just like us. <laughs> so it's 52 kids with 10 seats. And she doesn't know how that is going to work. I mean, you know, you can only double seat so many kids. I learned that going home from the premiere of the Harry Potter movie back in the day. (laughs) Shout out to you, Matt Johnson. You let me sit in your trunk illegally. Well, and I mean, I don't know what traffic laws are in Gilead, but it's like one kid, (laughs) one seatbelt, you know, it's like how big, like, do we need child seats? Yeah. How Um, how big are these kids? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, they're about, uh, you know, four, uh, four and a half feet. uh, I don't know. Mark my words. This impression is going to embarrass us one day soon. (laughs) (laughs) So then there's a commotion. A commotion. Such a clatter from the room next door. And uh uh-oh, I wrote, Bertha's got a gun. Uh Uh-oh. So she goes into the study and Eleanor, who we've been calling Bertha Rochester, has a gun pointed at Whitford's face. You know, (laughs) if you're illegally harboring your mentally ill wife in a house that's fairly remote. Sure. Pretty important to invest in a good gun locker and uh, make sure she don't know where the key is. Yeah. I don't, you know, and especially I would say if you're going to engineer the overthrow of the U.S. government and replace (laughs) it with a theocracy that robs all women of their agency and their children, maybe, uh, maybe get a gun locker. Yeah. Uh, that she can't find. Yeah. Come on. Come on. It's simple, simple gun ownership 101 hide your gun from uh deranged people uh so yeah that's upsetting so she's, i mean the country at large is having a problem with that we're really struggling with that <laughs> like, yeah. seemingly common wow, sense topic gilead didn't solve this problem <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> turns out gilead is not all it's cracked up to be 
that's what I've been saying. <laughs> so she is like, this is the guy he like, she's, I guess, just now coming around to he's a bad guy. He's like, he, he raped you. He hurt you. Yeah, I he's think in, he made all of this. I think it's really, you know, she hasn't had to go through that before. No. So in she the same way. Witness. Yeah. Oh, my God. From before. Yeah. So she has been able in the same way that Whitford has been able to keep himself removed yeah. from what Gilead means. Totally. She has too. I mean, she's gone from in the previous episode being like, I don't know. He could be like executed or like imprisoned forever. Like he'd probably deserve it to I'm gonna kill him now myself. Which I get it. I think everybody, you know, this season was really playing with people's sanity and like what breaks people. And mm-hmm. that is certainly and a valid thing to And I think they actually you. did a great job of tying that in in this episode. Yeah. Written by Sweet Baby, friend of the oh. pod, Yalin Chang. Oof. Yalin. Oof. Very Oof. good. Honey, MVP. M-V-freaking-P. So there's this gorgeous exchange, too, where June scares me a lot. June is so scary in this episode. Like, it is extremely clear that she ain't okay on any level. However, she's just like, Eleanor, I want to kill him, too. We all want to kill him, but we need him. And June... It made me scared when you just said it. (laughs) Don't... Don't you fucking dare. We had a contract. I, uh, for those of you just tuning in, I spent a pretty decent chunk of the first season really freaking Molly's shit no, out. It was when we were covering Alias Grace, already oh, really? a very scary book. Oh, it was yeah. in the dead of winter, dark. I had to walk home by myself and she would do the Black Phillip voice from the VV Itch. <laughs> To the point where I had to explicitly raise my hand as as an adult and be like, please do not do that. You very scare me. And then after I saw the movie Us, I was like, I forbid you to try and do an Us I couldn't. I couldn't if I tried. Anyway. Like, that would really hurt my throat. So the look she was giving me now was, I am gearing up to do a scary voice on you. And (laughs) Anyway, it's great to explain jokes that happen with our faces. (laughs) Back on track. Um... So yeah, so and she she does a really good job of holding Bertha accountable too. She goes, "It's your fault too." Yeah, which is true. And Bertha comes back at her. She's like, "Well, I'm gonna do something now." And June's like, "It's too late." Yeah. She also comes at her with, "But we can't always just do what we want." Ooh. She's very much talking to Bertha like a child. Yeah. So in the previous episode, we really saw June taking on this role yeah. of being this sort of caretaker yeah. i wouldn't go so far as like it was not like a maternal situation but like she no. was she was the quote-unquote adult in the room well and that's continuing in this episode it, it continues to remind me of the way that she would talk she and moira both would talk janine down yeah in the red center specifically so it's very much i think a nod to that so they kind of resolve it by saying help me make this mean something help me help you oh kill him later <laughs> basically so yeah and i thought this was really i it was something i disagreed with very strongly but i love that they put these words in june's mouth because life does not always have to mean something um i think often it's just like chaos but we as human beings are so desperate for agency and we're yeah. so desperate for our lives and our suffering to have some kind of larger meaning that you know we grasp at whatever straws are in front of us and june is at that point 
you know, we've we've heard her be more agnostic and apathetic about Gilead and what's happening and that this is just how it is and she's got to just deal with it. But now she's like, no, no, no. There has to be a reason that I'm here. There has to be a reason. And you see this throughout her whole fucking cockamamie plan that it's just like she has got to put herself in the center of Gilead and why it exists and how it gets brought down. It's kind of like it's like June's finally in her brain where yeah. the show has been trying to put her. I think it's <laughs> a great point. No, I mean she, you know, she is finally the protagonist of this story. Aww. I think in the way that the writers intent I'm not quite sure I'm explaining this correctly, well, but I I think when you talk about agency it has a lot to do with it. Like uh it's kind of interesting too because she was like driven in season two because she physically had the job of protecting this baby Mm -hmm. inside of her and now that she's kind of freeballing it and of course she always has this (laughs) sorry that's a crass way to explain that but she she has this directive to save hannah but a broader one so it is really a first time she's because hannah has been removed like from totally. the equation. Yeah. So she, she couldn't save Hannah if she wanted to. So that energy and that drive has now been like exploded yeah. and diffused yeah. across the greater Boston metro area. Yeah. But so she has With mixed results, TBH. Right. So she has a different kind of agency than we've ever seen because it's just driven by And like, I think all it's right, really like it's really interesting. Like given like all of the issues we've had with like believability yeah. and her plot armor and all this stuff, it's like, yeah. June had to get this insane yeah. for her story to start making any kind of sense. Well, there you go. I guess there's Emas's Instagram post. <laughs> she, you got us. The next scene is uh, Whitford in the study with his support scotch. Were there books in the the curio cabinets? I couldn't tell because the books are still so. in the study. We yeah. see later, so I'm not sure. But so you're just sitting around drinking some scotch. I I think something kind of interesting we talked about a while ago about sharing cigarettes as kind mm-hmm. of like a forbidden love language. Yeah. Uh, and I think another sort of way to look at that too is the sharing of drinks, specifically alcohol. And I think what we've seen most in this season especially is June sharing drinks with men. Even later at Jezebel's. Like, right, but I think that's that's not the first thing that's happened because she shares it with the commander. Right, I'm saying one. I'm saying versus cigarettes. We've seen her share cigarettes oh, yes. with women more. Isn't that interesting? And we see her much more kind of partaking of like brown liquor you're, with dudes. You're 100 percent correct. I can think about only about two to three scenes where women share alcohol together, and it's specific. So number one is SJ gives Rita a gulp of something brown. Mm-hmm. In the kitchen season one. The second one is the aunts passing around tiny shots of wine. Well, and then there was champagne or wine at the baby shower. Uh, good point. So I, I think it's it's not. But I'm saying a, for June specifically. Because yes, June right, couldn't right, drink right. at her baby shower. <laughs> Darn it. This is not the worst. If I was pregnant, none of y'all would be drinking at my baby <laughs> shower. I'd be like, nope. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's your one. But I guess I don't drink, period. So I would also yeah. be like, nope. <laughs> That's fair. All of that is fair. Anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, sort of the sharing of alcohol is this like illicit camaraderie. And it's really just just something interesting to pay attention to. And think back to like, honestly, when uh, Whitford drinks with Emily, 
he pours her beer. And so he's really upping the game this season. And I think genuinely it's to demonstrate he's way more stressed as he's hitting the hard stuff. He is much more. I mean, he's right away. I feel like if you're going to get completely plastered uh, when your wife is pointing a gun at your face, it's like a great time. Sure. And he says to June, you do everything. And I really felt seen. (laughs) I've just been like really busy lately. And I'm like, I do. Thank you, Daddy Whitford. So this was insane to me that he kept explaining the parts of the framing of Gilead they didn't think about, which, okay, I will give them the mulligan of not potentially not thinking about mental health potentially because so many big corporations or whatever governments don't think about mental health. I will not give them that mulligan because he, the Oppenheimer of Gilead (laughs) has probably spent most of his adult life like with a woman who has bipolar disorder going through all of the different, like, Hmm. you know, getting therapy and taking medicines and like having to change up your cocktail or if she goes off of her meds and her old meds don't work anymore. It's a great point. I don't understand how somebody who was so formidable within the Gilead structure, I mean, granted he's becoming clearly less. Right. Anyway, it also could be that he was just like voted down, but like what he's saying here is that it didn't even come up. So here's what I think. I think he had a very um, Dick Cheney view on it where he's like, okay, I don't want gays to have rights, Mm -hmm. but my daughter who's gay, it doesn't matter because I will take care of her. Yeah. So I would, if I'm giving him as much grace as I can, I would say that he probably was like, okay, maybe my wife is the only mentally ill person that matters. And he was about to get shot in the face. Yeah. So jokes on you, but Dick Cheney. That's right. It works on all levels. I don't know why I just turned into like a Dick Cheney group and like (laughs) Dick Cheney. (laughs) A dickhead. I love you. (laughs) <laughs> I don't love Dick Cheney, uh, for the record. Oh, boy. And um, he also brings up maternal love. Now, this is bullshit. This I is cannot bullshit. believe that he didn't think of this. Well, and just uh, collectively. However, it is, in this case, I'm like, this is why you need a variety of diverse perspectives <laughs> yeah. in any decision-making meeting that you're having, especially when you're trying to completely upend the social order. Also, like, this is also flying in the face of the idea that men don't love their children or something because it's like oh what about paternal love like i realized that whitford specifically did not have children right but it's like some of these commanders did have biological children yeah why didn't anybody raise their hand and be like hey did you know you like love your kids hey hey uh hey guy up he doesn't know what he's talking guys guys where am i Ah! (laughs) oh anyway there goes gary (laughs) get that jerk out of here yeah it's all my kids like it seems so dumb, especially if we exist in a world and Gilead exists in a world where like, oh, history has happened. <laughs> and these are all supposed to be the smartest guys in the room. Like, wouldn't they have looked at like, oh, yeah, you know, big flaw in slavery is when you are selling people's kids out from under them. They get testy. Like, why? Like, why would they ignore so much history? And I know that's kind of a facetious thing to say because people ignore history every day but to me it seems like such a big cop out to be like oh yeah we forgot about maternal love you know enough that you need to get rid of their parents or like psychologically torture them to the point where they think this is a good idea here's the thing is like that you just didn't need to say any of that no it was it would have been a perfectly interesting scene if he's like oh boy i really messed up (laughs) or just saying like hey wow 
everyone in this house is really having some mental health struggles. Something. Huh? And because he says it basically because she's like, hey, I need to get 52 kids out of Gilead. He has the appropriate response of the fuck you do. And she is just full on like, this is not June as we've known June. No. Something happened in that hospital room. Yeah. This isn't even Grinch June. I'm into it. Like, it's like, I don't, it's, it's like Joker June. I'm, you know, here for it. So anyway, he's just like, uh oh, this bad. I don't like this. Yeah. And that's how this comes up. Yeah. And yeah, so June June is extremely not okay. Also, I'm always very upset when I see her hair down. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because I've like internalized Gilead, but like I'm just like makes you scared. I mean, I think it's mainly because she like doesn't have access to product and it doesn't look as luxurious (laughs) as I want it to. But her skin, once again, flawless. Uh, Yeah, but Um, I'm like June. Could you could you try? Like I know it's a dystopia, but could you try before we move on? I want to know if any other redhead noticed the weird blocking in this scene where there's a part where they both have a or he hands her his scotch glass and she kind of nips at it and he gets himself another glass. Then she hands him her glass and he hands it back to her. And it's not like he filled it. It just seemed like they did it differently in several takes and so it's just like magical scotch <laughs> sorry musical scotch glass i don't know if i it was early or whatever when could i watched it not this, be a magical musical scotch it could like probably. the magical mystery tour probably anyway uh, on, the musical <laughs> magical scotch the is next- coming to take you away <laughs> the next scene is sj and bruegel uh very relatable line of well I know you're only going overnight, but you still need the same amount of toiletries. Oh, my God. Which, thank God. Co-sign. Where's that TSA pre-check package? I swear to God. Well, because now that we know what happened, I feel especially glad to know that SJ has her contact solution. (laughs) SJ has her contact solution. She's got a tampon. She's got, uh, you know, she's got her extra face wash. Like, she's fine. I don't think Gilead has tampons. Too vulgar? No, I think it's more that they're usually made out of like processed cotton and everything's organic. And when they talk about June getting her period, they talk about her napkins. So they're probably think they have like the Chipotle napkins that you have in your fridge. (laughs) No, I mean, like they make like sanitary napkins. Okay, sorry. Okay, okay. In my pretend uh, she doesn't have uh, tampons. She has a napkin. I'm just saying, I don't think they're down with bleach. (laughs) This is, I guess, I mean, honestly, it gives it so much perspective now that we know what happens at the end of the episode. But also, where are they? Uh, Was it a train station? Was it the airport? Like, I think it was supposed to be their... uh, their uh, Frank Lloyd Wright apartment. Oh. Um, so whatever. So what? I'm not a fan. No. Then. They have this, what we now know is a like, goodbye forever. I mean, <laughs> Potentially. look, maybe. And she says, thank you. So uh, Bruegel tries one last time. She's like, hey, do you think it's a really good idea to bring Nicole back here? And Serena says a completely batshit thing in response to this, which is, Thank you for loving her so much. And I'm like, um, okay, while we're on the subject of like loving Nicole, what if we just left her in Canada where she's not being oppressed and she can learn how to read and stuff? She'll probably keep all of her limbs. So I wonder, you know, we can parse this when we get to the very end, but thank you for loving Nicole. I don't know. Is that a goodbye thing too? Maybe 
Who knows? I because that seems like has a lot of now looking back, and I'm maybe imbuing it with more meaning than it has. Feels like it has a lot more depth than just see you soon. I don't know. I didn't. We're we're of two minds about whether or not Serena okay. had any idea what was going on. Okay. I truly do not think that she did. Okay, okay. I I read it as she is just desperate to get that baby back. Yeah. So. She, so sorry. Oh, reminds me of Shannon at Chili's. There we go. Uh, I want my baby back, baby back, baby no, back, baby back, baby back, baby sing. back. Nokia. It's my birthday. <laughs> um, Why are they talking about that baby? God. <laughs> they've been talking about that baby for months. It's my birthday week. <laughs> the, the next note I wrote is fucking Fred rolling up in his fucking stupid car. Uh, and his fucking stupid Don Johnson sunglasses. <laughs> oh my god. I hate it. And Serena is into this. Serena, now, it, help me out. What's that uh, <laughs> very famous album cover that's like the woman with sunglasses and the cigarette and the man in the Sonic front of the car? Youth. Thank you. They're, they're like <laughs> oh the Sonic god. Youth cover several times in Oh my this. god. Look, I don't know music. <laughs> And Fred says it feels good to drive again after Serena has complimented the car mm. and how Fred looks in it. But also, just real quick, um, one question. Um, where is Nick? What is Nick doing? So is Max he... Miguela got another job, I guess. Did he? No, I don't know. He hasn't returned my text. I miss his pillowy lips. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Where the heck is Nick? I mean... Ugh, I, I just don't know what they're going to do with that. Person. There's two episodes. Le- I feel like he's going to come in like a deus ex machina at yeah. some point to do right. something. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, probably I, save June's dumb ass yet again. Yeah. I picture him having a very like Kurt and Sound of Music kind of end where he's like, go quick. There they go. <laughs> gotcha. Something like that. Maybe. I don't mm, I just want to look at his lips again. Sure. I don't really care what he does. That's fair. Great. So then they drive off into the sunset ostensibly to meet Truella at a rendezvous point to discuss handing over of Hickle. His name is Truella? Truello. Oh, I was like, Truella DeVille. Truella DeVille. If he doesn't give you a Nokia, then nobody will. Perfect. Uh, so the next scene is in J-Law's house. Beth tells her you got to answer some questions and they go down into the secret basement and all the marthas are there it's the martha mafia dude it's the heads of all the martha families and i was like where is this show this is great i only want to like yes season four marthas only only marthas no handmaids allowed all the wall marthas (laughs) just getting shit done honestly that'd be a great I would love down. it so much. It would be so much more interesting than, like, half of what has happened this season. And hopefully, uh, less sexual assault. <laughs> oh, gosh. That would be cool. I'm sure you they're never getting know. You never assaulted. know. Something's like, happening. Yeah. <laughs> they're, this is great. They really are sort of the audience avatar here because they're like, why are you messing things up all the time, you yeah, weirdo? And I have a couple of questions because, like, they're like, blah, blah, blah. We have this shipment coming in. On this cargo plane, we also find out that Beth has deputized Billy. Yeah. A name I hate for adult men who aren't Billy Eichner. Okay. <laughs> uh, who's the bartender at Jezebel's. Yeah. So he now runs the black market. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel like you should have given it to another Martha. But I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the Martha. No man. Yeah. Right? Like, never. But she has turned this over to Billy and they have some big shipment 
coming in, yeah. the contents of which we don't know, which I'm sure will have no bearing on the plot in the future. <laughs> and then they are like, we don't want a security crackdown that could interfere with the shipment. And best yeah. like there won't be a security crackdown. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're going to take 52 <laughs> kids. Right, right. From their homes. Sure, sure, sure. Potentially with their Marthas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and take them out of the country or get <laughs> caught along the way and there won't be a security crackdown? Oh, okay. Sure, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you know what? This all checks out. Cool, cool, cool. You know, no, no, no. Please, as you were. Um, the second thing, Beth, why the fuck would you vouch for June? Have you not looked at her face recently? Yeah, I truly don't know what gives June confidence other than she has the moxie to try, I guess. But truly, it, I, I can't understand that and either. I'm not like I'm not even arguing with Beth that like June knows how to keep her shit together under pressure. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anybody should listen to her. <laughs> and we also know that June is just going to do whatever the fuck June wants. Yeah, Beth did not want her involved in getting Breaking Bad yeah. out, and she like brings that up like a positive. Now, granted, this is important for everybody. To to realize when you're looking for references for an upcoming job interview <laughs> like people usually will recall things in a more positive light than you will that's so good. don't feel bad if you don't <laughs> think a project turned out great somebody else probably thinks you did an amazing job nice uh that's great just great little tidbit the line i want to really give it up to yalin for writing is one of the marthas is like you're not a hero you jumped on a train that was moving and now you're che guevara yeah i love <laughs> that i love that so Hilarious. much oh my so god true. these marthas Mm. Uh, take me Martha daddies I want it I I love it it. and somehow through this rigmarole they're like okay you can do this we are not formally endorsing this and they say also if any of the Marthas who volunteered to help you because these Marthas offered to help without running through the proper Martha channels their blood is on your hands and I'm like ooh some people are gonna die and no. it's all June's fault again. Gosh, finally some stakes. No, I'm here for it. You took the words right out of uh, my mouth. Once again, we've got uh, stakes. Yes. I really feel this show would be so much better if they limited it to 10 episode seasons. I agree. Because I feel like the things that have felt so inessential amount to about three episodes worth of things. Ooh, that's a good point. And it's just like, <laughs> we don't need to spin our wheels yeah. like build on the momentum and actually like right at this point i feel like this episode sags in the middle a little bit as much as i really enjoyed a lot of the stuff that happens with fred and serena Ooh. i was like cool so is this just like philosophy 101 now in gilead <laughs> like what's up i don't know i disagree with you but i i have a huge sj bias so i loved it <laughs> speaking of the next scene is they are on their Canadian road trip, and they're driving. Well, but they're not. Well, they're, they're going not towards. They're going a meetup. toward Canada, but right. they shouldn't go into Canada, right? I mean, until they do. But anyway, but they're going wherever it is they're rendezvousing with trees and coconuts. They are driving, driving, driving. They're listening to Radio Free America. Yeah, and I'm they're- like, oof. Another Oprah voice cameo is not going to guarantee y'all a season four BBs. It's episode 11. It's June. It's July 23rd. We still don't have confirmation. Like, what is happening? I don't know. I don't know. But they're they're remarking once again that maybe uh, Gilead returned the world to its natural state because um, they're not saying maybe there's no factories. They're saying they did it. Right. Right. Like in the same way that June had that monologue about like, I did this. I got Nicole out. They're like, we've saved the planet. Or at least it's part of it. I mean, you know, 
sure. Yeah, it's like it's not cute though, Serena. Like it's you yeah. Know, I mean, like look, it looks better than a bunch of factories, but I'm sure. just like, uh, this is like a desolate stretch of land. Speaking of desolate, I loved this part where he's like, "Hey, there's no one around. You want to drive?" Like, oh my mm-hmm. god, does this give me flashbacks? And somehow. Everybody managed to suppress the urge to play, get your motor running, (laughs) get out on the highway. Oh my God, I love it though. Because when Serena takes the wheel, you know what happens? She takes the top fucking down. Yep. She is ready to go. I the love it. The look of joy on her oh. face is how I feel when I can like blast down oh. any freeway. She goes so fast. Mm. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's so great. Oh, I love it so much. And they play, let's twist again like it did last summer. That's interesting too because I feel like the music we've heard that are like diegetic cues from the Waterford's house, mm. they all feel like of a piece to me cuz like oh, it's like they're playing that, they played um Easy Like Sunday Morning. Yes. Wait, did they play that or did we make that up? <laughs> I think, I think they, they did when June it. and Serena were having all girls newspaper time. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, anyway, yes. but I feel like their musical tastes trend very much to like like the oldie stations that play like the 50s through the 70s which kind of makes sense in terms of like family values and that kind of thing i would love to talk to someone about how each set of characters has their own musical cues one Mm -hmm. day that would be an interesting thing to discuss so they drive up to another praised b&b it's owned by an econo family which was interesting to see and uh, this was wild yeah because they've got a whole von trap thing going on Ooh, i'm into it and i thought it was so funky because they get in there and they're like complimenting their family and then one of the daughters says that she loves the color of serena's dress and i'm just wondering like does she love that color because she loves that color or does she love that color because it represents a step up for her in life yeah. like is her family raising her i mean because that's what essentially the path that Eden was on sure. was, hey, sure. you know, you've lived a good and pious life. You have adhered to all of these teachings. Right. Now go and have this weird husband and have a baby and you'll get to be a wife. That's a good point. I wonder. That's a really, yeah. the bears unpacking. I wonder what everybody thinks about that. They also say it takes a village, which uh. struck me as odd, having grown up in a very conservative family, <laughs> because anybody on the right in the time period that like this is supposedly happening fucking hates Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Like hates her. I cannot explain to you how much my immediate and extended family (laughs) hate Hillary Clinton with the fire of a thousand sons. So I don't know if it's like a funny, (laughs) but I was very surprised that anybody who is a social conservative would say that would say it takes a village. Uh Okay. It takes a village but to raise a child. She didn't make that up, though. Huh? No, That's but like because folk because she said that, oh, okay. like it tainted that phrase forever. Oh, I see. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. Gotcha, anyway, gotcha, gotcha. just well, a thought. That's interesting. Okay, so the next scene is in the J Law's house. Why did I write above shot gazpacho? Must not be important. Were they making gazpacho? Yes, they were. They were. They were. They were. The Beth like, is, that's a very specific thing so to weird. say. Is that no. your safe word? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, they were. She and Beth are in the kitchen cutting up things. And I just pretended it was gazpacho. Great. Because I'm a weirdo. So they're really talking about 
Billy is the guy at Jezebel's to talk to if you need something uh, now. And Beth gave him her job. We discussed this. And it's not so much that she trusts Billy, but she trusts his love of money. Yeah. So I'm like, ooh, never trust a mercenary. I mean, never trust a man. Yeah. But <laughs> so then Sienna comes in. Now, I was a little confused about what went on. Was it that um, Bertha didn't open her bedroom door? Yes. Okay. So they took her tray and left mm-hmm. it outside. Right. Bertha did not open the door and right. take the tray. So Sienna, conscientious, not agenda having Martha that she Poor is. Sienna. Uh, she picked it up and brought it back down. She's like, yeah, she never brought the tray in. And then June and Beth are like, uh, oh, no, <laughs> where is J-Law? And I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard and wrote, ah! these people but also where are they going yeah i was wondering where that he, are they going he shredded all the documents he took the car he wrote such a burger from sex in the city i knew this was gonna, sorry yeah. note oh my god and then just pieced out and he took the gun and the bullets he has a phone in his drawer what is happening yeah and she plugs the phone in and tries to make a call and Gilead, I guess, is back on some Mayberry shit because so. some dude is like, hello, Commander Lawrence. How may I direct your call? And offer just hangs up. I'm like, like that's not going to send up a red I know, flag. Right. And Beth is just like, you know, freaking out and offers like we probably have like one or two days. Ugh. And God, is in Sienna, is this where she comes in? And they're like, what are you doing in here? Finally making like the, you know, subtext. Super text. Super text. <laughs> and she's like, I'm scared. And I'm like, me too. We're all scared, Sienna. Sienna. <laughs> come hang out with us. You are so much better than these people. So June sits in the big girl chair and decides she's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut now to the praised B&B uh, <laughs> where their children are beautiful singers. It's really a gorgeous song. I could not tell you because you can't Shazam weird Amish children singing. I could not figure out what language they were singing in. Nor could I. There were times when it sounded like Hebrew, which would make no sense. If Unless was, they were super into the Old Testament and that was okay. If I was going to swing crazy wild and redheads, please give me grace. I haven't looked any of this up. There is like a Mennonite Dutch language. Yes. So maybe it's that. I, it also could have been Latin. Yeah. Um, anyway. It, it also could have been fucking Elvish for all we know. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> we really don't know. And uh, we did not research. Because yeah. once again, hard well, to Shazam really was, small This one we really singing. couldn't have because we have no subtitles. Yeah. It was too hard because their harmonies were so intricate. It was, it was hard though. to pick out individual syllables. So they're sitting on the porch and Serena goes on a thinking walk and Fred, uh, Fred, Fred follows her. Yeah. And I felt so much like... Fred's behavior toward her in this episode is so similar to behavior he's exhibited toward his quote unquote girlfriend <laughs> where he's like, oh, baby, you can drive my car. Yeah. And he's very much like wooing Serena in a way we really haven't seen him do because he's been too busy on his other bullshit with like off red. Well, it's his chivalry dick again. Like yeah. he wants to be the person that lets you drive the car and mm-hmm. that lets you do these things and that like reminds you of these memories he wants him to be the conduit through all their pleasure passes as this podcast's resident cool dad <laughs> he is an affront to cool dads everywhere <laughs> so anyway this i adored I this scene when, when serena walked away from this singing i was like her inner monologue was like god we had prestige tv and we just threw it all away this is all we have left <laughs> 
That would be so hard. God, I never finished. I never finished the end of Game of Thrones. Oh, no, because Gilead, we now yeah. know, is in 2018. Yeah. So she really is like, I really feel like Khaleesi's going to have a good, solid ending and no one will be mad. <laughs> So they walk into the Oh woods. man, I really was going to get into Veep. Like I love <laughs> Seinfeld and like Julie Louis Drive is just so great. I was waiting to binge it, but then Gilead happened. <laughs> <laughs> you can't binge a Gilead. <laughs> Though, you know what? Knowing that Gilead happened in 2018, it is especially trifling that somebody's like, oh, I'm just watching Friends DVDs. (laughs) Anywho, I love this scene when they're talking about, they're kind of reminiscing about their old life with chocolate croissants in this tiny apartment. And that's where Serena wrote her book. And the part that chills me to my bones is when she goes, how could you take that away from me? I'm getting chills just saying it. It's such a gorgeous line. But I'm like, how did it take you five years to think this? Ignorance is not the same as ignoring. I don't know. But we also find out definitively that Fred was in marketing. Yeah. And that he did quit his job to manage her career. Or like he would have. He would have. It got because they were basically like playing what if, which is always a very bad idea to do in a dystopia. Uh, much like in the book Station Eleven, where there's like this 15 year old who doesn't like know anything about the world before, and she keeps asking people like, "But what about air conditioning, though? Like, what about that?" And it's like hot as fuck, and everybody's like, "Shut up." <laughs> we we have Station Eleven, I believe, on our season two reading list, which you can find on Medium. I never shut up about it. After that, they keep having this conversation of like. This is the first time Fred's ever admitted that he's the one that's infertile. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's just so sad and weird. And they have this, like, they kind of have closure, I guess, on it. Because he's like, you could be with a better man. We could just start over here and figure something out. And, like, move to a small town. And yeah. now he says he doesn't give a damn about the status. Mm-hmm. And all of the inroads they've made with right. the Winslows. And I'm like, you give so many dams. Like, I yeah. don't even get what his game is. Well, because he wants to win her. He wants to win her. I know her. he wants to win her. And I'm guessing he's banking on the idea that she cares enough about status and, you know, the finer things and being what passes for a female thought leader in Gilead <laughs> that she's not going to take him up on opening up their own praise b and <laughs> And, you know, and I mean... We haven't seen her or heard her referenced in a while, but I don't think, you know, Serena's not going to go against her mom's wishes. No. We have seen. Yeah. So this is a relatively safe fantasy for Fred to, like, dangle in front of her. Sure. And, you know. I think, you know, if the events of this episode hadn't happened, I could have definitely seen a scene later where they're, like, in the shit of it in D.C. and her be like... You said we could yeah. move to the farm. And he'd be yeah. like, I, we will one day. So then they, it flashes to them in separate beds. And they're Just looking like at, at each other. Just like at my parents' old guest room. <laughs> <laughs> now they're looking at each other. And I don't know what if it was the lighting or if I was just horny or whatever. But this is the first <laughs> time this entire series that Fred has looked hot to me. I wasn't into it. I love the lamp in the room, though, which I think is basically <laughs> the same thing. Do you 
really love lamp or are you just saying that i really love that lamp i would mar- look that lamp has supplanted that one pixar lamp it was like my number one favorite whoa. lamp in media whoa very into that lamp wow uh gosh that's a lot <laughs> so they are start by holding hands which is a gateway drug as we know uh to fucking it is uh, actually uh if you had ever been in a postponing sexual involvement class like i was there you uh go. it's like step one there you go actually step one is smiling i think holding hands is number two oh goes all the way up to eight eight fucking oh nice yeah little nice Mm -hmm. um so then he she goes come which is handmaid's tale version of neil from fleabag uh and it's fine i really hate it when people say come Ooh, i'm into uh, it instead of like come here or come over or just like move i hate it i wrote he better eat her out which uh still hold yeah but he i don't think fred does that yeah oh man one of my favorite topics of conversation (laughs) on this earth is which fictional character you think eats pussy and you're right i think fred does it once a year and is like aren't i so good at eating pussy treason and coconuts does it all the time oh treason and coconuts Mm. eats ass luke does it real good oh my god and is never jerky about it no I feel like Nick will do it, but he's better with his hands. Sure. Yeah. All right, Redheads, let us know what you think. I did also read an iTunes review of us this week that was like, all they do is talk about potty humor and masturbation, and that is fine in moderation, but this is whole episodes. And I'm like, we talk about a lot of other things. Yeah. I don't feel like there's any episode where we're just like, fart, fart, come. I mean, we did say C on the T's several times last week. That was exceptional. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, so they do it. And um, I want to look at that scene, though. Just bear with me through the lens of let's pretend this is part of Serena's plan. So this is, she's going to say, oh, okay. she's going to, like, sorry, sorry. I was like, uh, like God's plan yes. or okay. like that Drake. No, no, song. no. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I just did not interpret it that totally way at all. Fair. And I, I might even be convincing myself more in retrospect than I did at first blush. But if we are just stretching our minds and imagining that this is all Serena's plan, she was going to ditch Fred at the border. It's so bittersweet and interesting that she finally got to tell to him like, you robbed me of this life that I had. Mm-hmm. I still have affection for you because I just Stockholm me and we make love like one last time mm-hmm. together. I mean, potentially. I'm potentially. also, I remain so curious, like what is the sexual relationship between commanders and wives mm. and Gilead? Yeah, me too. Like, is there one? Yeah. I mean, question. we're seeing, but like, is this taboo? Yeah. The pussy eating we were talking about definitely is. Oh, yeah, for no sure. No pussy eating. Uh, you cannot get somebody pregnant by eating their pussy. No, 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 no. Uh, so if you could, then there would be a lot of pregnant lesbians. I would be. <laughs> a much better joke. Uh, so do we go back to J-Law's house? We hear a man's voice and, uh-oh, J-Law's back. One final thing about the scene at the Praise B&B. I thought the music there in the score was very reminiscent of Music Box. Oh, um, Potentially tying back into the old Music Box. Wow. Symbolic gift from Seasons Past. Very good. That's yeah. awesome. I didn't clock that. So the next thing is 
J-Law came home. He says he has an attack of conscience. And what really happened was he got to some kind of checkpoint and they wouldn't let him go. Mm -hmm. He didn't have clearance to keep going. So he had to turn around. And God, if that doesn't look suspicious as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, you had a real weird ceremony witness situation. And now this. Yeah. Oh, and somebody, you know, picked up the phone and then hung up real fast. All these dots are connecting. I don't know. I, I, I truly can't imagine how he could have talked his way out of that situation. Like, oh, this is the border? I thought this was the Safeway. My bad. Let me go. Oh, there's no Safeway? Oh, I thought this was... Uh, Get out of here. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Man. And he could have gone to Loaves and Fishes and they could have used the grocery store again. Come on. My favorite set. So, someone goes, keep your shit together. I think she, she's probably mm-hmm. telling him. And he's like, don't worry, I'll save you from the worst of it. I'll give you a commander who's nice. And she's like, what's the worst of it? And he's like, the colonies. And it's like, And Jezebel's. No one dies from the colonies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you not, like, watch it's, season two? It's, like, actually kind of like camp. Yeah, except for, like, one unnamed person of color. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, and Marissa Tomei. But, yeah. like, <laughs> Basically, like, June is, like, all upset that he's, like, destroying her plans i'm like you haven't actually set anything in motion yet yeah you haven't all you have is sort of like a pie crust promise from these marthas Mm -hmm. to like help you get these kids out the other marthas were like okay dumb dumb have fun yeah i agree and although i mean i do wonder too because what we've seen from marthas they do care deeply about these children yeah like not just just like marthas in general like we want to protect these children yeah there's no guarantee that some of these children might not die in this escape oh, attempt. They're gonna die. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not, it's not cool. Yikes, I'm nervous. But I'm good. I'm glad to be nervous. She's like, I need, let's go for a ride. And the next shot is a close-up of her face and she has lipstick on. So you're like, oh, snap, yeah. we about to go to Jezebel's. However, remember the last time she went to Jezebel's and she had to like wear a wife cloak? To get past the checkpoint? <laughs> they don't and care anymore. She's No, and shotgun. no, she's just riding in her full slut gear and he is driving and you know they have to go through checkpoints. I know. And he just couldn't get through some checkpoints. Dude. So I don't anyway, um, whatevs. And it's like, oh, you can just like walk into the back door of Jezebel's. Like there's definitely no guards. Also, it's banana sandwich to me that he wouldn't come with her because to me it looks way more suspicious it's so suspicious to have her just out i guess she's banking on people not recognizing her but hello you were in a freaking psa about gilead several times (laughs) and you've been to jezebel's twice dude dude anyway so there (laughs) look all that aside where the fuck did she get a pair of louboutins I think you're supposed to get that, like, Bertha Rochester had Louboutins. I do not believe that. Yeah. I it, do not believe. I truly think some set decorator somewhere was like, eh, yeah, 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 the red ones. Those are what the ladies like. Let's do it. Is In your mind. Yes. yes. In your mind, <laughs> is it just like a real, like, transmogrifier Calvin and Hobbes situation and it's just Bruce's? Yes. In every department Truly, doing everything? Yes. Okay. A, yes. B, it's like anytime there's a man in power, I assume that's what his voice sounds like. <laughs> Truly, anytime there's a man in power, I assume that's what his voice sounds like. Um, so they go to Jezebel's. There's cool music playing? This, I believe, is Portishead. Wow. Uh, only you. Because it's on my fuck list. And now, and now I have to take it off. So thank you for ruining 
sexy music for me so there's a kate bush song that ends this and that was the only music cue i remembered so when you text me yesterday oh man this show is ruining my fuck playlist i was like damn you have a really dour fuck playlist and then i was like checks out checks no out. i was gonna say that shouldn't surprise you like it, it ooh, there's some really upsetting totally songs on checks there. <laughs> I'm getting sleep no more realness from Jezebel's. Um, I did too. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love it when we have the same cultural flashpoints. Truly, truly, truly. Almost as much as I love talking about potty humor and masturbation. Yeah. Up top. Those were our genitals slapping together. <laughs> um, so to quote another vehicle starring Max Minghella, we used to bump cunts. What is that? Art school confidential. Wow. A horrible movie. Uh. But that line has made me and my ex slash podcast co-host <laughs> Amy die laughing for like 15 years. That's nice. Yeah. She's talking to Billy at the bar. And next to her at the bar is a woman dressed as a flight attendant. Now, we remember. And, okay, oh, she could be a pilot. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, Have you ever seen a woman pilot? Yes. Okay. But they don't dress like that necessarily. I'm okay. just, oh, I've just never had a woman pilot. Oh, I have. Yeah. Way to go, feminism. <laughs> um, way to fail us once again. <laughs> uh, so uh, this poor lady at the bar is getting manhandled by one to two men. And that's kind of in the background Game of Thrones style. The, she talks to, are we there yet? Yeah. She talks to, she talks to Billy. Who's like, you crazy. Okay. Well, and her whole thing, well, we find out also the origin of J-Law's dope-ass art collection. He just raided yes. all the museums early uh-huh. on. Yikes. And then she's trying to tell Billy, she's like, look, you can have all the art in the Lawrence house. Mm-hmm. Which, okay, two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, how the fuck do you move art out of Gilead? Right. <laughs> Number two, how is he supposed to get the art before the authorities figure out something fishy is going on. Yeah, I... I mean, look, so I wonder, we know that June's plans are bad and she should feel bad. So she's like, okay, on top of this, I need a van that can carry 52 children and also 70 paintings. Yeah. Like, I don't understand well, and quite she doesn't. The, yeah, she doesn't want a van in this case. She he, a plane. Yeah, so there's a cargo plane. She wants him to keep it on the ground for 24 hours, which is a lot to ask for any plane. And he's like 20 minutes, maybe. And she's like, so you'll think about it. And he's intrigued. If Billy, I'm telling you this for your own good. You're a person of color. Stop talking to her right now. (laughs) It doesn't end well for you, Bill. You just pick up your soda gun and you just, you know, you actually, yeah, squirt her in the face. Oh, treat her like treat her like a puppy that's piddling on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And just do your job. Yeah. You know, you know what? You're already, you've already got the black market cornered. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be greedy, Billy. Yeah. It's not going to end well for you. Not going to end well for you, Bill. Um, so then the next note I wrote is Maloney. Fuck. I was genuinely so sad that Daddy Winslow was at Jezebel's. Oh. Like. Nah. I know that he's a bad person. Yeah. Like this is Gilead. Everybody's a bad person. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, oh, but you were such a good father. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I mean, you know. Yeah. There anyway, you know. I was I was bummed, but he is very like of Joseph and he's very, you know, ugh. he's very Jezebel's about the whole thing. Like it commanders all act the same yeah. once they get into Jezebel's. Ugh, gross. Uh so uh oh boy. So she kind of uses the the uh, excuse that like J-Law drives her here and then wants her to 
tell him all like dirty shit that happens yeah to her so he's there. got some sort of like weird handmade cuckold thing going on which should have been like if jayla had just been there maloney would have gotten it he'd yeah. be like look dude i just needed a night out i'm and here with honestly, my lady it would have neutralized him in maloney's eyes yes, to an extent i so agree with it that would have been especially if, well honestly if any other commander saw him they'd be like oh you know how this guy never wants to come to the strip club yeah this guy's at the strip club i well, guess he's finally figured out his dick especially since jayla's virility has been in such question especially by maloney mm-hmm. the last couple of episodes it seems like logical that just be here and pretend and you're having a the good whole time. thing that goes down could still go down Sure, because you know like yeah. june would be leading that conversation sure and you know she'd be like oh you know anyway well and maloney outranks a lot of people so you just be like oh i'm borrowing your handmaid he totally could it could have still happened so they go into the room and we kind of get an interesting parallel scotch drinking scene yes so uh at this point i wrote the note i regret to inform you that i'm turned on <laughs> I, it didn't last. I promise it didn't last. No, I I felt something. Similar. I had a flare up. <laughs> <laughs> I had an involuntary sexual response. Oh no! <laughs> um, this happened just like the time I saw the priest from Hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> when I was eight years old. Oh uh, it's not okay. At any rate, yeah, that scene was very confusing for young little bisexual me. It was a lot. I was like, "What is happening?" Yeah, I was like, "Also, in the book, he's a priest. That would be way hotter." <laughs> I was older than you. Yeah, that's true. Also, that's I don't true. know why I'm using a child's voice. That's okay. So uh, she's in there with him, and I was actually also kind of surprised that he gave her a drink. Yeah. Like, well, I think, here's the thing. I think he thinks she's down to clown. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, if if they just did this whole rigmarole with the ceremony, uh, you know, he's probably got, oh, you know, they say you can drink for, like, you know, one drink. It's like in uh, oh, I see. But if she's if she's supposed to be a fertile handmaid, which is very different from who the people at Jezebel's typically are. Anyway, look. Yeah, but Fred was giving her drinks when they were trying to conceive. (sighs) That's true. So it doesn't. I I don't feel like that has any. Fred also knew that Fred was shooting blanks. Uh, We found out in this episode. Oh, that's a good point. Anyway, uh, I also want to point... Anyway, we're going to have a very elaborate uh, Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, serial killer board of, like... <laughs> drinks. Drinks. <laughs> I do want to point out to you the sort of set feature that the bed is in a cage, almost. The bed is in a cage. I loved this, like, lattice work. Yeah. Such a beautiful room. Very pretty. Although, I have to tell you, I was getting major Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. when he was, like opening the thing i was just like expecting to be like my tastes are very singular but then it turns out oh no it's just rape that's pretty basic yeah, yeah, like it's yeah, just yeah. pretty we've seen this no, before no, yeah yeah many many times <laughs> yikes gross so uh you think I, everybody i'm sure brace themselves like oh boy so i thought this was a really cool choice because i yeah i still don't know what happened internally Mm-hmm. For her, because she's going through this sort of mantra about you've done it before, yeah. you can do it again. She's yeah. talking herself into this, and then she just goes nuts and oh. kicks him. And I'm like, is this now an involuntary thing? Like, just where you know what is the what is the mind body connection here? Yeah. Because she's trying so hard to dissociate, but oh. her body finally betrays her. Oh, and hello, the listeners who who listened to this before watching the show. There is an attempted rape. Uh, There's an attempted rape point. and a brutal fucking a brutal ass murder. murder. So just um, be careful. <laughs> it's really gory. Um, but uh, also, 
oddly very satisfying. <laughs> it was actually great. And I thought that, you know, this wound up being, you know, kind of like death by a thousand cuts, quote unquote, Ooh. Um, which is a very different method of killing than we've seen. Yeah. What happened at all? Slappy. Yeah. Because is it a pen that she grabbed? Yeah. So, I mean, and this is brutal. This is like a knockdown drag out fight. I feel like I've seen the thing that really put me in mind of there was a show that like virtually no one has seen called um, The Minor Accomplishments of Jackie Woodman that stars Laura Keitlinger and Nicole Tom from The Nanny. And there is an episode where they go to this party and the Laura Keitlinger character, Jackie Woodman, is like hooking up with this guy and he just straight up like punches her in the face and like she gets out of that situation but it's just this thing where it's like oh shit like this party took a turn for the oh no i mean this has been made of oh no like i'm not suggesting anybody like wanted to be here except for possibly winslow but like the point is like i feel like there have only been a few like rapes that i've seen on screen where the man is wailing on the woman like this because he is throwing Maloney ass punches at her and like he's a big burly dude and I mean she's trying to give as good as she's getting in fucking Louboutins oh good for her and I mean she is just she's you know she's not gonna take it yeah I wouldn't even mind that music cue because it was so satisfying for me maybe I'm a sick puppy but it was like really satisfying to watch like her win in this way it was and it's just like oh yeah it was it was a lot she finally gets this pen and just starts stabbing him right she stabs him enough that he can't physically hold on to her anymore and she's stabbing him right in the heart area uh you need that to live just fyi what uh look again i'm not a doctor (laughs) and he is on the ground gasping so she's probably maybe punctured a lung like she's definitely And he's gasping and she finds this like statue. What was the statue? Did you see? No. Bust of palace. Yeah. Who knows? So she picks it up and he sees this happening and he gasps, <gasps> my children. And she just fucking kills him. I wish the one corny line I would have allowed and would have found happy is if she was like, my children. And then <laughs> I would have liked that. Yeah, that would have been cool. Um, but that or was just like, like you know. What kind of children aren't yours? Nacho children. Perfect. Yeah, anyway, that's a, yeah. that's an equally good line. Yeah, nacho children. Um, so this is so interesting because it's it now makes me even more mad that they tried to put that like queer baiting storyline yes. out and like pretend like whoa, Mister Waterford's gonna hook up with Maloney. Maybe tune into the Handmaid's Tale. It's physically like, impossible but- now, even if he was a necrophilia. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's just like that is such a now that I I'm looking at it it's from this perspective. It's such an intellectually dishonest thing to do. Yeah. And there's a way you can still say that. Like you can talk about the attraction. Yeah. Without it being this like ooh. And it would be one thing for just like fans to say it, but didn't who who said that? Warren Littlefield. So yeah, Who's the executive so producer. It's that feels like reckless and weird and like well it's insulting in a universe where literally every gay person has been murdered yeah don't fucking do this yeah in a world where gay people are still being murdered and trans women are being murdered don't fucking do this dude like yeah don't cheapen our lives yeah so yeah that's series out for maloney (laughs) and uh this oh man i oh 
I kind of want to skip ahead and talk about this, but the housekeeping sequence mm-hmm. is brilliant. I loved it. And honestly, this is oh. peak Atwood. Yes. Because the Martha who comes in, and I loved actually because she kills him and then her vision goes blurry. Yeah. And it's like she kind of blacks out, which I feel like you would. Yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> wow, June. almost getting raped and killing a commander really changed you so this martha comes in and sees june sees the body oh she immediately just goes she gives her a pass key and she says there's a service elevator down the hall i was in the cage from chicago i saw you there you saved my life lucky no and this is exactly what happens in every margaret atwood book like you get to the end and you're like everybody's together um and so I appreciated this very like at Woody and plotting. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we see, we see a lot of different things happening. Oh, oh fuck. So oh good. fuck. Okay. I mean, well, we got to talk about okay, because know. that happens. And then like Fred and Serena are waiting at this like so abandoned gas station yeah. and they're waiting for treason and coconuts to get there. And he <laughs> shows up and, you know, they do the, the thing where they, you know, their driver's side windows, you see cop cars do this all the time. Uh, where their windows are down and they're like talking, uh-huh. and treason and coconuts is like, oh yeah, I got this, uh, I got this little place just up the road. Like, let's let's go. And I was like, uh, why can't you just talk here? And then Fred also feels this way, <laughs> and he asks Serena, like, do you trust him? And Serena says yes. Serena says yes. I couldn't believe that she sent a basket of muffins on that like <laughs> oh my god no because i'm like you've met this dude twice yeah and both times he's trying to get you to defect to me this what is, is it that you trust and i mean but i think it's the desperation to get her baby back or it's italian my column yeah so it could go either way yeah. and so fred is following and they are going way, way out of the way and into yeah. this very secluded forest. Yikes. Whereas before they were at least like on the road where there could be witnesses for sure. anything that went down. Sure. And literally be, the movie and, witness could happen. Yeah. And it would be impossible to hide your, you know, military forces if you had Ooh, them. Boy. <sighs> so oh, they, this is they so get there too. and Fred is being a fucking Yelp reviewer about it. <laughs> He's like, this isn't just up the road. Where are we? You said there would be coffee. It's such a dad thing to say. <laughs> and Treason and Coconuts doesn't skip a beat. And he's like, Fred Waterford, Ooh. you are under arrest. Oh, no. He said, you've crossed over the border into Canada. I screamed are- loud. I did, too. And oh. I was like, thank God my downstairs neighbors are on vacation. Oh. Because it was like almost midnight. And I was yeah. howling. Yeah. Because he is now arrested for war crimes. I couldn't tell if they were arresting Serena or if they were just pulling her into the truck. So we know from Mr. Truella that maybe Serena would be in the clear, which I don't think she should be necessarily. I don't think she necessarily should be. But we also know she was explicitly denied the opportunity to frame Gilead. Right. And put these things into practice. She wouldn't have been able to serve in the military. Right. Like, in terms of what's actually prosecutable by the international court, and by the way, I'm very looking forward to this crossover episode of The Handmaid's Tale and Black Earth Rising. Mm. Uh, that is a statement for like five people who are also really into the works of Hugo Blick. Mm. But it's like, I don't know that they could, from a legal perspective, have a leg to stand on because sure. whatever her defense is, I mean, if she's smart and we know she is, like the defense is just like, oh, little old me. 
You know, women don't have any human rights in Gilead. Oh, dear. And you know what? This is the first time this whole series that I'm like, holy fuck. Does Serena Joy live through this? Damn. Who knows? I'm, I have always been on the Serena dies train, but now I'm like cautiously optimistic. But you know, one conversation that we didn't talk about between them is the one where she talks about treason and coconuts and talks about Americans and how weak they are. Mm-hmm. And they're not as strong as they are in Gilead. Mm-hmm. And they always underestimate right. everybody from Gilead. So to me, that's more of a tally in the like... I mean, look, but she also could be gilding the lily to really like yeah. lay it on thick for Fred. So I'm very, very, very curious yeah. to see what happens because this then is all intercut with the Marthas. I mean, I knew that the Marthas were going to clean this up. Oh, oh but it's so with their beautiful. precision and oh. efficiency, they have done this many times. Oh, God. It's They've so done good. this many times. I love it so much. And not gotten caught many times. Oh, my God. It's so I love clear. It, so much. it was so brilliant. Like, it almost just, like, just go back and watch it. It would be, I, like, just us describing it is just not oh. ever going to be anywhere as good as it is. And it's yeah. the Kate Bush song. Uh, it's Cloudburst. Cloudburst. Cloudbursting. And. <laughs> When they put his body in the in the furnace, oh. though, all I could sing was from Sweeney Todd. Uh-huh. Uh, when the old beggar woman is like, smoke, smoke, oh, sign, sign of the, the devil, devil, sign of the devil, city on fire. What a gorgeous music cue, though. I gotta say. It's, I, oh, wow. God. It was amazing. And so we see all of that along with, and June, June goes out to the car and pulls a Jenna Maroney at that uh, <laughs> at that birthday party where she kills Pee Wee Herman, and she's like, "We got a boogie, y'all." It feels so nice to laugh. <laughs> He's screaming. Oh God, that's my one of my favorite parts. Um, Who gave him champagne? He cannot metabolize the grapes. <laughs> I do know there are several redheads who are Thirty Rock fans okay, too, so well, that was good. for you. Go ahead. I'm glad that I didn't watch every episode of that show 57 times for no reason. <laughs> So, you know, Whitford drives off. I have questions about whether she tells him what happens because. Oh, damn. (laughs) Like I because. okay, so we see her like she has gone home. She goes to sleep in her murder clothes. You know, never do that. Never go to sleep in your murder clothes. You got to wash your face just in general. Yeah. Put it in the Chez Panisse fire. (laughs) All of your clothes. Yeah, There's so many fires in that house. (laughs) (laughs) figure it out so she wakes up and like this shot of her waking up was one of my favorite shots so good i loved it i yeah for all that we have bitched about this show this montage was this montage excellent make every episode like this (laughs) like just all montages all the time show me beth making pesto set to a kate bush song yes (laughs) (laughs) and so you know we see her getting cleaned up and putting her handmade outfit back on oh, yeah. like armor, oh, not yes. like plot armor, no. like real ass armor. We Aww. see Fred and Serena were torn apart. I don't think I think that's done like that. Yeah, ended I think so. Because the timeline wouldn't make sense because they were getting captured like right around the time that she killed Maloney. So yeah, this yeah. is like, yeah. you know, okay, some yeah. hours later. Ugh. And so they pulled Fred and Serena apart. Serena looked genuinely traumatized. I kept waiting for them I mean, look, to like... I was, I was looking for that too, but the reason that I don't no. subscribe to your theory was her face I getting you. pulled into that truck. I feel you. It could be that she like didn't think this through somehow. Yeah. She's like, I thought they would be nicer. I, I sure. thought they would be much nicer to a war criminal with those sunglasses. Truly. 
Yeah, I, maybe it's a mix of all look, of these. But, I mean, look, I do think they leave it deliberately vague. They don't oh. give us any answers. I'm we, so excited for this show. Now, 11 episodes <laughs> in. <laughs> Gee. June is getting her handmade shit on. Whitford comes in with a gun, <clears throat> which he notably took with him the last time he tried to bail. And he hands it to her and says, they'll be coming for us soon. Now. I don't think that she told him what happened in Jezebel's. I don't think she told him who she killed. I think that he is referring to the fact that his security clearance has been docked. He was clocked trying to get through a checkpoint. He shouldn't have been trying to get through. I feel like he knows the clock is running out on his tenure in Gilead. Also, she came out covered in blood. Well, that too. It doesn't matter who she killed unless he was like, wow, period. Weird. But... Because the Marthas did such an excellent job of covering it up, I'm like, why would anybody necessarily connect her? Mm. I mean, I guess somebody could have seen her go with him. Yeah. But I feel like it's going to take a couple of days for his attendance at and then disappearance from Mm -hmm. what is technically an illegal establishment in Gilead. Yeah. And the Marthas clean that room they bring out the stanley steamer yeah they put his body in a you know one of those giant like laundry carts well they put it first in the laundry cart put it down the chute veruca salt style (laughs) and then you know they put him into the incinerator they put the laundry into the industrial laundry machine so good and once the song ends that's the sound they played over the credits i don't know if you kept listening (gasps) it was so eerie was the sound of burning no it was the sound of the laundry of the industrial laundry oh my god yeah so a plus look everybody take your hats off and eat them because i don't have a single problem with any of the musical cues in this episode to the degree that I think that they're really taking our notes. I well, I genuinely because this the production on this episode in particular ugh. would have been happening after the first couple of episodes that we put out. <laughs> I look, am I taking credit for this? Yeah, I am. Well, let's dive- we did this. This is my <laughs> moment of June's triumph. Let's- where Cole is in Canada. <laughs> let's quickly dive into this Kate Bush song. So it's called Cloud Bursting, and based on one website I read. It's based on this memoir by Peter Reich, who wrote a story about his life with his father, who was a student of Freud's. Take with that what you will. I'm not quite sure how that tracks to these lyrics, but the lyrics go something like, you looked too small in their big black car to be a threat to men in power. So that seems like, uh uh-oh. That feels like very Fred Waterford being taken away in this car. My eyes have widened, but also June. June. Yeah. And the other one it says is, I can't hide you from the government, daddy. Wow. That's like very Sylvia Plath. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Great music. Excellent music cue. And this is, um, if I'm not mistaken, the second Kate Bush cue in this song's in this uh, I meant to look and see who wrote the season opener. Um, Because I'm wondering if... It was also Yalin and like uh, Yalin is just like a Kate Bush stan fair. and she's just like running up that hill. You know what I'm saying? Fair. This was wonderful. I had a great time. I'm excited for the next episode. I am also excited. Ugh. I am terrified. I mean, June's face is so jacked that I'm like, is she going to die? I think she might die. I think she might die. 
but I, I, am telling you. Fast forward to us at episode thirteen. Be like, lol. Remember when we thought they might kill the star? <laughs> yeah, I do think if she dies or if it's left ambiguous, I'm telling you, if it is what I'm imagining, where it's like huge, like big music cue, June with all of the kids. Uh oh, something scary happens. Blackout. If it's that, Somebody. someone. Somebody. <laughs> Someone owes me a Coke. I'm just saying. I feel like I called this. Um, and I'm very excited. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh, who do you think are the liars in this episode? So it's oh called Liar. Oh, my God. Okay. Whitford. Yes. Yes. The first most obvious liar. Yes. Because he was like, I'll help you. And then he was like, oh, actually, I'm going to go to Canada. Sure. Also, hey, guess what, everybody? Canada can't fix all your problems. No. Gilead is within you. Yeah, that's right. So, wow, we really internalized that marketing. So, hey, Good shout job. out to you, marketing staff at Hulu. I got to say, continual shout out to them. They kill the game. Yeah. Anyway, Except for that okay. they never retweet me, um, which is so rude. But look, and they didn't even send us a press kit this year. Upsetting. Um, you know what though? They do us a solid every single. They week. no, they do. But like, also, like, I didn't use most of the stuff they sent us last year. I I did take a really hilarious photo of my aunt Lydia Polo next to some bondage tape and a stress ball. <laughs> but I did hide my aunt Lydia Pillow in my old office in the hopes that someone would find it later. So at any are. rate, uh, shout out once again to Lauren and Kelly at Hulu. We oh. love you. You're the real ones. Mwah. Okay, so liars. You know, could be a tally in the Serena Joy was in on it. Potentially. I there wasn't that much lying. No, there really wasn't. I think it's kind of like a oh no. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't name the episode uh night. No <laughs> shit, we did that several times. Uh well, and I mean think back because we know that Whitford hates liars. He said oh, that explicitly yeah. several times. Mm. So I don't know. Like, is it that we're exposing the lie of Gilead? I guess so. Uh, I guess redheads tell us who are the liars here. Yeah. Nobody's pants were on fire. Zero people's pants were on fire. The Marthas! Oh! The Marthas are the liars. No. Yeah, they are. The ones who oh. can, the ones who hide a fucking body? BT dubs. Yeah. His pants were for sheezy on fire. His were on fire. Uh, okay, that's a good reading. And the I Marthas mean, are the liars, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I mean they're keeping a secret, which isn't necessarily the same as lying. But well, let us know what you yeah. think, Redhead. Who are the liars? How they eat. Uh just tell us everything who on fire who on fire <laughs> uh all right well, oh my gosh i had so much fun talking about this i'm glad and now night night feel better yeah. to you and to our listeners some oh. of you listen to us to go to sleep and to that i say shh shh you're okay. okay good night all right uh take care of yourself Take care of your girlfriends and Nolite Tabas Tardes Carborundorum. Dum 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 dum